Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Big Ticket Variety and iHeart's movie podcast. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Today, I sit down with Issa Rae. We met up at the Manhattan Beach production offices of her hit HBO show, Insecure, to talk about her starring role opposite Lakeith Stanfield in the new romantic drama, The Photograph. Ray plays a New York City museum curator who falls for a magazine writer, played by Stanfield, when he reaches out to her to talk about a photograph taken by her late mother. Ray opens up about who and what inspired her to be a filmmaker, the time she waited on Michelle Pfeiffer and David E. Kelly when she was a waitress in college, and what she thinks about superhero movies. I'll have that and more after the break. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Welcome back to The Big Ticket. Now here's Issa Rae. Make sure it's working. How are you? I'm good. Just editing. Yeah. Things are just... Uh, I didn't even know this existed in Manhattan Beach. This this, this is like David E. Kelly's old studio. He used to do oh, all his right. stuff got here. got a little Ali yeah. McBeal. You got a little Ali McBeal. Is a little baby around? <laughs> the dancing baby? Yes. I don't think so. Avatar is, though. Wow. They're like all the sequels are being shot here, apparently, too. Really? Yeah. And some, oh, Mando, Mandalorian. So a lot of stuff. <gasps> baby, just, Yoda. Know, baby Yoda. Baby Yoda out of here. I don't know why I'm advertising for they this. They should like, have you know. a Baby Yoda parking spot. I'm just saying. So how are you? I'm good. Yeah. I'm mean, like winding down, but then winding up. You know, right. we just finished shooting Insecure. Then we yeah. all had the little holiday break where the industry shuts down. And then it just feels like stuff has been kind of nonstop. 
But you went on vacation. I remember I read somewhere you said you were going to France or something. Yeah, I went to France, but that? I was still writing. Yeah. It was cool. I, I'm not cultured, and I thought that I was in the south of France when I was in Monaco. And Monaco is expensive as fuck. So did you gamble? Hell no, because everything was, gambling was just walking out on the street and trying <laughs> to find food that wasn't $100. So, yes, I guess I did. Okay, let's talk about the photograph. Yes. Uh, when did I see it? Yes, did I see it yesterday? Maybe you saw it? Yeah. Oh, they've been doing screenings. That's right. It's beautiful. It's such a you and Lakeith got that chemistry. Lakeith is just easy to fall in love with. Did you know you had that chemistry on screen right away? Absolutely not. Yeah. You just oh, no. don't know. No, no. You don't. <laughs> I was I was like, absolutely. absolutely. That's no. <laughs> um, I think we we met, you know, doing a Jay Z shoot. Yep. Uh, in 2017 and that was the first time and obviously I watched Atlanta I'm a fan of his and yep. we're mutual friends and say hi and bye but this was the most time we spent together and it was like getting to know each other through as characters and then as people did you did you do a chemistry read with him or was sort yes, of yes like, we did do that oh tell me about that and so yes I did a chemistry read with, with a couple of guys and obviously Stella was watching and Will Packer um and then you still just never know. Right. And he was definitely the most interesting read out of all the guys. Like mm. he had a different type of energy. Um, and that's what blew them away. So tell me how did you. So first, give us a little summary. Give us the log line. The, the log line of the photograph. The photograph is about. <laughs> I should be better at this. This is my first <laughs> test. It is a multi-generational love story. Um, about a woman who loses her mother but discovers her life through a photograph mm. and letters. Mm. It's kind of she. It should be called the photograph and that letter. And what the two letters? Two letters. Two letters. The photograph They're and the two, two letters. letters. But I guess that was just not catchy. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's beautiful about it? One, the photograph. Because I was thinking about this. So, like the photograph, you guys find mm -hmm. it's like a real photo the photography <laughs> in this is beautiful i think stella discovered like a grad student mm -hmm. to do the actual photography for the oh, film wow. and when i was in the actual exhibit i wanted every piece it's just so stunning mm. so yes the photograph itself um i believe it's the one of alan who yeah. plays isaac uh is Gorgeous, but uh, Alana is extremely photogenic, so it's kind of yeah, unfair. just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. I think everyone in this movie is photogenic. Everyone is photogenic. Yeah. I mean, we're on on <laughs> on a film. I guess we have to be. Um, but what also I was thinking was like, eventually we're gonna not find old photos. <gasps> think about it. You're gonna have to have like, oh, I found a hard drive. Let's go look on my hard drive. No. <laughs> And then you have to print the photo out. Who's going to take the time to print it out and try to find out? The I just story? did that because, you know, I moved into a home and I was like, oh, I have to put pictures up. And they're only I don't I've never printed photos. <laughs> and it felt so archaic. And yeah. the but it was so fast. I just did it <laughs> online and then it was ready to pick yep. up at like CVS or Walgreens. Right. But yeah, you're right. I guess the or they're just going to be super just super rare like they're yeah. gonna be there's gonna be a museum of photographs of the ones that haven't disintegrated or something because there's something romantic about the hard photograph you did it look at you that's yeah. the tagline right there's there something there's something romantic about, about an old photograph <laughs> yeah 
It's true. So what appealed to you? What did you like it? So you play May. I play May. You're an assistant curator at the Queens Museum in Flushing Meadow Park. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you actually shot there. Yes, we did. Is that that's in Queens? That's in Queens. Yeah, we shot the actually World Fair at the. Was. Yes. Yes. yes, and my high school prom was in that park. Oh, really? It's there's beautiful. A, there's a place called Terrace on the Park. I don't know if it's still there. I don't. And it's one of those buildings that's all legs and the restaurants on the top of it. There was something. <laughs> no, I think that's something that they tore down or they're rebuilding. Yeah, but I that's saw where I something. had my high school prom. Oh wow, that seems really <laughs> romantic. Because it was kind of desolate when we shot there. It yeah. was very cold. Um, when I grew up, when I grew up. I grew up in Queens. Mm-hmm. So when I grew up there, that park, we knew it as the World's Fair because of that big globe thing they have there. And then there's an ice skating rink. My dad would take me to ice skating. Did, can you actually ice skate? There was a rink. I don't know if it's still there. But can you physically ice skate? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I was so scared of falling and getting my fingers chopped off. Yes. that's <laughs> Ice skating is the most dangerous, okay, uh, like okay. leisurely activity. It's not leisurely. Not at all. It's, it's stressful. It's blood sport. Yeah. yeah. So, you, so you shot on location there. We shot on location, and that's wow. also what I loved about it. And I think what drew me to it was, I didn't even know that it was set in New York, but I think the, the love story element just um, missing romant, romantic dramas. Mm-hmm. Um especially black romantic right. dramas. We haven't seen those in such a long time. And I think for me, it just uh, kind of invigorated something in me where I was like, wow, there's a nostalgia here. And the part that she wants me to play isn't one that I would typically play. And mm-hmm. so that excited me too. In addition to the writing, Stella is just right. such, such a wonderful writer. And I think um, the script itself was just so... Um, enthralling and I, I just it's so magical and I had worked with her as a director on my own show and couldn't wait to work with her again. So writer and director. She's a writer director. Wow. Yeah. How how important maybe important's not the right word. It's a woman writer director. Yeah. Woman of color writer director. Mm-hmm. Who knows what she wants and has a very specific vision mm-hmm. that, you know, I admire and I think for me it was about just being able to execute someone else's vision. Mm-hmm. She had come on my show to kind of execute mine and just really had insightful thoughts even then. And I think um, to then step into her world mm. with you know her, her point of view was really exciting to me. How hard is it for you to be directed that way? Do you want to take control of it? Do you want to say, no, 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 no? Or do you, are you able to sit back and... I'm super able to sit back during the process. Mm-hmm. It's the after the process where I'm like, okay, but what? Okay, but what are you doing? What's um? Okay, how did you cut that? You know, right. and I have to let go of that for sure. But I'm not. I don't ask those questions to mm. the the parties right. that, whose projects I'm a part of. But I have found because I've only done well now four movies, um, and uh, two of those I've kind of had a hand in. Mm-hmm. You know. But I think performance-wise, like I'm just like, do it the way that you want to do it, right. and I, use me to execute it the way that you want to execute it. And drama. This was more drama for you than you usually do. It sure was. We have some drama and insecure, but not like this. Not like this. It's different. How mm-hmm. hard was that, or inspiring, or nerve nerve-wracking? I think more nerve-wracking than anything. Um, but it's interesting because I, even my approach was like this: this woman has lost her mother, right. and she's trying to she's trying to mask it because I think people who lose people they don't want everybody. I mean, at least people who aren't aren't 
content with being victims. They're just like, I don't want you to feel this burden, so I'm masking it. Mm. But Stella also wanted there to be a light. She didn't want it to feel heavy. Mm. So it was also that balance of trying not to make it feel too heavy and a downer because this is a love story. Well, I love when, it's not a spoiler, you're, you're at somewhere that is heavy with memories and history and you're wearing that gold sunflower dress. Oh, yeah. And I noticed, like, not that it was in contrast to the scene, but it definitely, it gave May a different look. It was mm. a different look for her. We saw her, like, sort of in power outfits. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, she was in this just very simple gold dress in a, in a scene that could be very heavy. Yeah. And it gave it some light. Yeah, she was she was dressed down a bit in New Orleans, which the which was the vibe that yeah. I wanted too. It's like going to the going to the country. You can't bring your power suits. Nobody's nobody's <laughs> checking for your power suits. No, because when up. we first see you, you walk out of that black sedan. Oh yeah, you're in the brown, white and brown. It's almost like a, it looks like a cape thing. Okay, and that is power. And it's wearing it's the, an insurance. I think, I think it's a Prada bag, maybe. It might. It might be. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I should have. But yeah, that was actually. Uh, I don't know if I can say this, but it's one. Of, that was one of our reshoot days. Like that. really, we, we shot that entrance um, to open the. It's day. a great entrance. Thank you so much. It was worth those reshoot days. You got That's the locks what's up. Down to like below <laughs> your shoulder <laughs> yeah the hair was also new to me like having this type of hair i like to switch my hair up in all of my projects mm -hmm. and this was definitely a stella specific hair style. i was gonna ask you how much of discussion was that um not much i feel like i got duped <laughs> <laughs> i thought we were doing one thing and then it was like oh no no it's this and i was like oh okay bet this is this is may and then it actually helped you know, to kind of embody that character right. more. Do you walk differently? Definitely. Yeah. You do walk differently. You look different. I mean, you um, you examine the room differently. Hmm. You feel different. Like, yeah. Let's talk about more about it being a black love story. Yeah. And not seeing that often. <laughs> do you remember, like, the first time you saw a black love story on screen? The first time I saw a black love story on screen had to... I mean, the one that I remember impacting me as a kid was in a TV show, and that was uh, Whitley and Dwayne in a different world. Mm -hmm. And I really loved, like, I was in love with Dwayne Wayne. <laughs> uh, Kadeem Hardison was part of his little fan club. Um, and then on screen, the biggest one that impacted me was Love and Basketball. Yeah. Um, but I'd seen movies like Jason's Lyric and, and Love Jones and things like that, but that was the one that really— Why? Because it was in my neighborhood, mm -hmm. uh, in L.A., it was a story about like a tomboy who played basketball, which I identified with. You know, Omar Epps was gorgeous. Anon Lathan was just in every woman in a way that I hadn't seen before, a relatable black woman. Right. And um, then just behind the scenes, it was directed and written by a black woman, Gina mm -hmm. Prince Bythewood, and... It just felt so grounded, you know, and it wasn't it was just a regular love story that wasn't rooted in any kind of trauma. It wasn't rooted in any um, major deceptions, right. you know, the tropes, the tropes yeah, the, that we usually see when it's people of color on screen. Exactly. And it was like a, it was it had coming of age elements that, you know, we hadn't seen in a while. Um, 
or I don't know that I had seen ever outside of like a Crooklyn by Spike mm-hmm. Lee. So it just, it made an impact on me and it made me want to be a filmmaker. Wow. So that's an impact. That's, an, that's not just an impact. That's an impact. But that was the impact for sure. Wow. Okay, now we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, find out what happened when Ray waited on Michelle Pfeiffer and David E. Kelly when she was a waitress in college. Plus, find out about her business foray into the coffee shop business and what she thinks about superhero movies. We'll be right back. Do you ever wish you could get more from your podcast? Well, you can with BuzzFeed Daily, hosted by me, Casey Rackham. And me, Zach Safford. On our show, we've got more good news and more pop culture. More memes and more celebrity tea. More of everything that's blowing up your timeline and trending on the internet. Every weekday evening, we're giving you more of what you need to enjoy your day. Because what's life if it isn't to be enjoyed? Listen to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Big Ticket. Now here's more of Issa Rae. What told you that, you know what, I'm going to be a filmmaker when we don't see a lot of black women out there who are you know, running their own show, being the showrunner, writing, directing, being the star. What, what told you that you could do it? Because I grew up during a time when that was pretty common. You mm-hmm. know, the 90s had lots of black television right. and film and um, not many but a lot of the shows were helmed by black people right. you know and i think for me that's what inspired me to at least try it in mm-hmm. in middle school like oh let me try to write a little teleplay and then seeing a movie like love and basketball um and being influenced by spike lee made me feel like there's a shot right um and i think i lost a little bit of hope of that in, in college which is when well, a lot of that content that started it started disappearing you right. stopped seeing that um and then I was just like so mad by the representation of a lot of black people and black women, particularly on screen that I was just like, this is not all we are. We're not just contestants vying for Flavor Flav's love. Like that's not all black women are. And there have to be alternative representations Mm. for this. And that's when I felt like I want to represent that. But do you get disappointed when you look at a day like this? It's where one black, one black woman is nominated for an Oscar out of uh, all the acting category. Of course, I get bummed out and irritated, but it's just, I'm also just tired of having these conversations. Right. And it's like, we constantly, like, will, will we be satisfied next year if there are more nominations? Right. And it, does that really represent the fact that the Academy is changing or actually right. diverse? Like, it's just like, we get these little carrots here and there. Yeah. And um, I'm just... Yeah, I'm tired of those conversations. All I can do is like either discredit the Oscars as a non-objective party to to merit film mm-hmm. or um buy into it and just be like, "Oh, maybe maybe they weren't well, those films weren't worth nominating." Right. But I think it's just it's just a tired like it's a tired conversation. Yeah, no. I like I tell, you know, obviously I work in variety, so we talk about it a lot. And I've asked a lot of people, like, what's the answer? And there's yeah. no answer. There's, there's no, no answer. There's no magic something. You know, the thing that I keep thinking about is, and I've said this, and, and I've said, you know, I take some responsibility. Mm. Like, I have to support these films more. 
you know, and it's not supporting films just because it's people of color in the film. Yeah, they're 100%. good films, mm-hmm. you know. And my thing that I keep talking about is Lupita in Us. Like that's another. I was like, y'all didn't see Us. Right. Did I y'all mean, not see her? She should have been she nominated twice. She played two roles in every way. Like if that, that is to me the embodiment of a performance. Right. Like and to not have that be recognized in any way is psychotic to me. But I yeah. can, what what can I do about it right. besides keep going. And keep going and maybe join the academy, but I don't feel like doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, you know, when us premiered, it premiered at South by in March, and I, my first story I wrote was Lupita Nyong'o is going to be an Oscar nominee. And I was like, wait a minute, I didn't keep that. I didn't keep that conversation going. But they made a liar out of you. You still did your part. Yeah. You did your part. But I wanted to do. I realized I should have done more. You know, and it's listen. That's I'm not. I'm not going to cure the the ills of you know the voters, um, but I feel like I should have done more and kept that conversation going. Or you know, Alfred Woodard with Clemency. I mean, that movie, what she does in that performance, and I think what happens is you know if they don't, if these movies don't get the buzz, yes, right away we just we start looking at the movies that have the big marketing. Budgets, yeah, yeah, you know? and I think that's a huge part of it as well. Um, but. I mean, I, I'm hopeful because it's obviously things have changed in the last few years, and there's going to be bumps along the way. You know, there are a lot of bumps, and I still say this: like I feel like we're always in these cycles. Like mm-hmm. this is not the first time this has happened. Right. This won't be the last time. Um, we'll see what the Oscars do next year with the attention and ears and eyes of so many people. Right. Um, but then, you know, then. Conversely, you have people being like, oh, now they're the Affirmative Action Awards, you know? And so right. it's just That's like, right. <laughs> you can't win anyway. Okay, tell me more about Lakeith. Tell me, what, what is what is he like on set? I mean, I've interviewed him a bunch of times. He's definitely introverted when he's on a carpet. Relatable. <laughs> he's so, he's an artist. Like, that's how yeah. I can describe him. He's a an endearing weirdo. He is... <laughs> Like so fun to watch, just even in the choices that he makes. He's so brave. He's fearless to me, right. and I think working with him has inspired me in so many ways. And then just watching him in so many other projects, like right. he really, he really likes to become who he's supposed to be right. in, um, in in a very admirable way. Uh, but yeah, I love him, and I think he's phenomenal and is going to be here for a very long time yeah, if he wants to be because yeah, he also amazing. could be like no nah, fuck this i'm out <laughs> and i know you've said that how many seasons have you planned out for insecure oh you tried to catch me <laughs> but i haven't said it yet i just know that there's an ending yeah mm-hmm. but you know how many yeah i've always known yeah me and princess have talked about it doesn't that make you sad? You know when it's ending? Not really. <laughs> um, but no, I do. I love working on the show. I love the cast. I love every part of it. But I love when stories finish. Yeah. Um, and they have, you know, uh, they don't they don't try to overstay their welcome. Right. Do you think TV offers more opportunity yes. for diversity and inclusion? And why is that? Well, the now the mass of shows that are coming out uh, I mean, for it's one. Just it. There are so many. And I think cables, uh, 
an attachment to ratings in so many mm-hmm. instances that allows for shows to grow and to right. get niche audiences and things like that. Uh, and streaming networks, I'd imagine, too. Outside of Netflix, which cancels their shit after like two seasons. What is that? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that there's just more of an opportunity there to take chances and risks. And um, I think that's that's where I want to be long term. Like I watch a lot of TV. I used to be a big film buff. And go to the movies like, you know, every week, every other mm-hmm. week. And now I just, I love TV so much. Are you ever watching? Because I know this happens to me and my husband. We're like sitting there like, there's nothing on TV. I'm like, there there's everything on TV. Everything on TV. But then there are days where I'm just like, and I love that you, you're you're not like just TV. You're not just movies. You're investing in a cafe. In oh, a yeah. Tell me about that. Yes. Um. I am part owner of a coffee shop called Hilltop. There's one location in Inglewood that we just opened up and one in View Park and another one that's opening in Eagle Rock. Um, And it's just really a space for community and creatives. Mm -hmm. You know, I have always wanted to open a coffee shop just because that's where I always work, like to get out the house, to get out my mom's house, to get out of my cramped up New York apartment. Like Mm -hmm. they were just, I just, they just made me feel productive and working around other people, meeting other people there. So it just felt like a and and Inglewood specific, specifically at the time now there are many um, coffee shops but it just didn't have didn't places to go when I lived there so it was just uh, I hated having to leave my neighborhood to right. go work. Did you ever think you'd be in the coffee shop business? <laughs> <laughs> this is something I wanted to do. My my if I weren't doing. The entertainment thing, I would want a restaurant or to really? be a waitress. I always say. Wait, you would want to be a waitress or own a restaurant? I would take either. I would yeah. either own a restaurant if things were going okay and if I was capable. But if I were a waitress or bartender, I'd be set. I'd be happy. Did you have a waitress? Yes, I love waitressing. Where'd you waitress? Um, the Counter Burger that opened in Palo Alto when I was in college. So I got really? to see the restaurant. From the ground up, because I was one of the first employees there, and the sweet potato them. fries are so good. Sweet potato fries are amazing. I don't know how I wasn't like <laughs> obese during that time, because I used to get the apple pie milkshakes, like all that kind of <laughs> stuff, and it was discounted. Shit is bomb. Um, but yeah, like uh, I, I actually love because it's the inter- interacting with. Were people. you a good waitress? I was a great waitress. I had Michelle Pfeiffer once and David E. Kelly. Uh, they were my table. Full circle. <laughs> Full <laughs> circle. Studio. You're like, David, remember me? Yeah, hey, you remember you didn't tip? No, it was it sucks because they accidentally took the receipt, so I didn't even get my, my tip from them. And I wonder. Oh, no tip. You got no tip. I got no tip because they took the receipt. And I was so like, ooh, know. I wonder if I wonder if this was a method. If it wow. was intentional. Wow. So this is before or after Ally McBeal. This was after. <laughs> so like you were balling. Mm, I'm gonna expose them. So what's next for you? Coffee after coffee shops. What do you got next? Um what? I have another movie coming out yeah. with, with Kumail. Kumail. Yes. Which no. everyone were dying when they released was it the teaser, the trailer uh, the other day? We were all dying. That's amazing. Yes. because uh, I love him. There. He's so great and so funny, and I'm so, like, we're, whether he wants to be or not, we're lifelong friends after this project. How much did you break while you were shooting? How do you? Every single time. It's hard, because he just has so many, he's like a vault of one-liners, and he's Mm -hmm. so witty, and 
has a response for everything that will catch you off guard. Just right. when it's like, oh, I got you. It's like, nope, he has something else. So he's just, he's just incredibly funny and such a talented, smart writer yeah. as well. And a developer, like he in, in, in development, he's just, he has a great eye and he's a good listener. He's just, yeah, he's and, meant to be here. And thirst traps for life. I mean, I was there from the beginning. Can I say? I mean, obviously, I'm not Emily. I'm not his wife, but I was there when he was getting that body right. Really, like when he was just starting in the beginning stages when he knew he had to get get ripped, and it was and he got he got so ripped. He had an archetype. Like he was like, I know this is what I want to look like, and. He did it. He did above and beyond that. I know. I literally got so many texts from friends going, is this real? Is this really him? It looked like is Photoshop this really body. Yeah. But he he's earned it. Even when we had to do some reshoots, he was he, his like, he was lean and he was like swole and <laughs> he was eating protein bars and protein. And I was just like, I'm so jealous. When do you want to be a play a superhero? Would you want to do a superhero movie? I was talking about that. If it were like existing, I don't know. I did. I'm not going to block any blessings, <laughs> but um, I am tired of them. Because I'm a huge, since the third grade, I've loved Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Like comic books, uh, memorabilia, everything. But I'm just like, they are oversaturating my guy to death. Yeah, they are. So, I don't know. But would I, t would I take one on that I liked? Yes, absolutely. An existing franchise, but not. I don't think I'd do anything new. You could open superhero coffee shops. Ooh, I should make a themed superhero coffee, coffee shop. shop. You're amazing. <laughs> thank you for this. Thank this you. This is so great. Thanks for a day in, at the beach. Please, Loved thank it. you for having me. I'm sorry that it's so. It's not gloomy. It's actually no. Really it's not gloomy. It's beautiful. It was very gloomy yesterday, and no. I think I carried that energy today. Um, congratulations on the photograph. Thank you. Thank it's you really, it's just a beautiful love story. Like I said, the chemistry between the you and Lakeith, you just, you, as soon as the two of you are interacting, you're like, okay. Thank you. It's good. Thank you it's so good. much. Thank you for everything. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks. That was Issa Rae. Her new film, The Photograph, is in theaters on February 14th. Thanks for listening to The Big Ticket. Come back next week when my guest is Diego Luna, star of Netflix, Narcos. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. See you next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.